This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. Hi, sir. Is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends, and thanks for joining us here in Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show to the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru, and this is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hello. And we're joined again, as usual, at this point, by our good friend, First Time Trek, also known as Andy, which is backwards, but who cares? Andy, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. So, word on the street is that you finished season three of the original series. I did, yeah. And it wasn't even a year after I started it. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I have to say this that every, good. You're getting better. every time that I've done a rewatch of, of the original series, it's taken me about a year to get through season three because, well, I guess we'll, we'll find out. You, you don't have the peer pressure that she does. That's true. That's true, that's true, yeah. I'm pretty sure that if I just stopped tweeting, people would come to my house and knock on my door and ask me, why aren't you tweeting? Tweet more Star Trek. You okay? You okay? So you watched seasons one and two, and I'm sure that there was a number of, uh, or I'm sure that that there was a certain amount of baggage which uh, you heard was associated with season three going into it what were some of the things you were hearing from people that it was terrible yeah and you know honestly i wish people would stop telling me what they think i'm gonna think right Mm -hmm. um but there's no way to stop people from tweeting at me so but yeah Yeah. i mean here's my plea stop telling me how i'm gonna think about things because one (laughs) i probably won't think that way because i'm a contrary person but two, also, then then I go in with certain expectations, and the whole point of this is to go in with no expectations, so. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Luckily, I have strong enough opinions that if somebody's like, that's a terrible episode, and I watch it, and I love it, I'm going to end with being like, nope, you're wrong, that's a great episode. So, <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's times where I see you tweet something where you're, like, really mad about a specific thing, and I'm like, oh... Wait till you get to you know, and I, I just think like, mm, you're really gonna. <laughs> yes, like there this is actually um, a, a small group of people that were like tweeting a countdown to Turnabout Intruder. Yeah, that was really great. And they're like, forget everything else. We don't care about that. We just want you to get to Turnabout Intruder. And I was like, mm, I still have you know twenty some episodes before that. <laughs> Um, so, like, every time I would start tweeting, uh, you know, some of them, including Phil from Earl Grey, would tweet yeah. me and be like, who cares? It's not Turnabout Intruder. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I definitely went to Turnabout Intruder knowing that everyone was pretty sure I was going to hate it. Yeah. It's it's a bit of a process, you know, uh, uh, with, like, like anything, you know, and there's there's certain key things where it's like, this is why we're doing this type of thing, and there's there's some things where you just do it because you, you have to, and I think that that's probably, you know, what a lot of people were thinking. I mean, I kind of had that feeling with, um, well, I mean, with the movies, you know? Like, like, when you were doing the show, 
basically, if I was on Twitter while you were tweeting, I would be reading your tweets intently, and it would be really interesting. But I would never go back and be like, I need to find out what she said about Requiem for Methuselah, <laughs> you know? But But when it comes to the movies... Like, I'm totally, like, as soon as, you know, I, I see a single tweet, I'm like, all right, now I just need to go specifically to your timeline and read all of them. Yeah, I just yeah, did, I did um, Search for Spock, which got yeah. a lot of, and the movies in general got a lot of interest. But Wrath of Khan, I have, I mean, I don't, like, sit down and keep track of how many notifications I get. But when I woke up the day after Wrath of Khan, I had like 200 plus notifications <laughs> because, you know, and the, the other thing is, too, is sometimes people are in different time zones, so they're not awake when I'm tweeting, um, like Australia or something. So then I'll I'll wake up and all of the people that weren't around for when I was tweeting suddenly like faving and retweeting and, and messaging me and stuff. And I just have to go, whoa, and sit down and like go through them all for an episode. It's like 10. But yeah. for Wrath of Khan, it was like, <laughs> overall, I would say probably around 500 notifications that I got for that. It's crazy. Well, spoilers. I mean, we, won't, we won't talk about uh, the movies here. You know, we don't want to know what you th <laughs> thought about those. You know, we'll save that for something down the road. <laughs> but season three. So you, you, you watched it after hearing all this stuff about it. And what were your general thoughts? Well, it starts with Spock's brain. So that's a, a, a kind of a intro into season three, I would say. It was <laughs> horrible. And then, you know, going through this list now, I'm looking at it and I'm like, there are only a handful of episodes that I didn't hate. Uh, not hate. There's more, there's more a lot of episodes that were very mediocre. And then like one or two standouts and then some seriously terrible episodes um, I mean, some of the episodes in season three, I think, are the worst of the whole series. So in general, I would say I would agree with the numerous people that were tweeting me and going season three is the worst. OK. All right. Well, that's 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 good to hear. That's good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> She's not completely insane. <laughs> I mean, hey. I mean, you, 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 know, you know, there's 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 people who say, I mean, it's kind of a weird thing doing this show. Because, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I don't know how it was for you, Drew. But growing up, they were kind of all bunched together for me. They were in syndication. We didn't have yeah. Netflix. We weren't watching them in, like, season-long blocks, right? So you just, there was, like, there's the show. And you'd watch them all. And you'd know it was a season three episode because the credits were blue. But aside from that, you know. The credits it, were blue? Yeah. Yeah. The the opening credits are blue in season season three. But aside from that, there was no real difference. And, you know, there'd just be the episodes that you like and the episodes that you don't like. And you'd hear, like, the, 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 the long-time Trekkies, and they'd be like, season three, season three is when it all went to hell. And, like, when I heard that, my, my reaction was always like, they're exaggerating because they're Trekkies. That's what they do, you know? <laughs> they get really passionate about one thing and, and make it an absolute and um, when I finally did get the DVDs and I started going through, I'm like, there's gaps in my in my viewing. I need to just sit down and watch all 80 episodes in a row and um, and, and make sure that I didn't miss anything. 
And when I did that, that's when I realized, like, oh, my God, these people are totally right. Season three is the worst. There's, like, <laughs> one good episode in here. That's really, really weird. It really did just drop off like a freaking cliff, you know? And that's insane. And, you know, since everyone else had been saying that, I was like, oh, we're all in agreement. Season three sucks. Oh, hey, high five, big happy family, you know? And we started doing this show, and I and I went, I, I was working under that presumption. And then we start getting all this email from people who they're like, why do you guys hate season three so much? Come on, guys, you should do some more on season three, you know? And there's always, like, this push. They're like, you know, oh, you guys, you talk about season one and two all the time. Where's the season three love and blah, blah, blah. And every time we come back to it, it's just like, there's nothing to talk about. So, yeah. Well, now you get to talk about that. it with me, so you can count that in the season three column. Exactly. You can, I, you I can love count doing this, this episode and, and then and then, you know, take ten episodes to not talk about season three at all. Yeah, I know. I mean that's <laughs> that's that's one of the reasons why I was really looking forward to this, because we can <laughs> check check that box, but you know, we don't have to give our opinions. We can just listen to you giving your opinion. All right. I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the uh the our list of episodes and I think it took us like sixty three episodes to talk about season three. Yeah, you know, because I mean what's there to talk about? There well, are, what is there to there, talk about? There are some episodes that I think are worth talking about. And there are episodes that are so bad they need to be talked about. I mean, if you're just wanting to talk about the good episodes, then I see your point. But there are some truly bad episodes in season three that need to be discussed. Okay, well, let's start with that then. You want, to, you start want me to bad. start with my least favorite episodes? Every let's other time you're like, what are your favorite? Okay, I can do that. It, yeah, it's organic, yes. <laughs> Um, to be honest, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of really bad episodes. If we're talking about just bad episodes and the children shall lead is really terrible. Um, but there's a handful of episodes that need to be talked about because of the problems they have with either sexism or racism or hey, both. And I do think it's important to talk about those, um, kind of like deconstruct that so we can never do them again. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the Paradise Syndrome is one of those where it's both horribly racist and sexist. Um, well, why don't you break that one down <laughs> for those who okay, don't so remember the, the what par- they are? Yeah, yeah, the Paradise Syndrome is where um, Kirk goes to this planet that is apparently... Key That's it. I'm sorry? It's the one where he loses his memory. Yes, that's right. And he is Kirok. Yes, yeah, so he goes to this planet that's basically um, a planet full of what they're saying is Northwestern American Indians, and um, he, I don't know, has a head injury and loses his memory and is like adopted by the tribe and falls in love with a, I don't know, tiger lily type situation, and then eventually leaves her and she dies, and it, the whole thing is terrible. So you want me to break it down? Let's start with the <laughs> fact that they put uh, Native Americans on this planet and expect us to believe that their society did not change for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Because, um, you know, they're just that primitive, right? They're not going to change unless the white man comes and teaches them new things. Um, and then just the the numerous Native American tropes that are in this episode are really, really common, especially in this time period of Hollywood, but also have issues today this is why 
a lot of times people will criticize me for wanting to break this stuff down because they're like, it was the 60s, who cares, it's over. But it's not over. I mean, we still have controversial portrayals of Native Americans now. Um, and so th these kinds of issues need to be discussed. So maybe we can finally get creators to stop making them. But one of the most common tropes that this one does is what's called like the noble savage trope, which is basically like they they're more pure. And so they are one with the earth and their society is simpler, but 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 better in some way. But then they act like that's something to aspire to. But A, it's not accurate. And B, it's really condescending and patronizing. And then Miramani is a very, very stereotypical Indian princess character. I said Tiger Lily before. This is a good example. She's basically there to be used and then victimized and then killed off for Kirk's development. And the whole thing is terrible. And the whole time I was watching it, especially when Kirk gets into buckskins and oh god, it was cringe. It it was cringeworthy. It, horrible. So that's an, an example of an episode where maybe the story wasn't as bad. Although I would not say the story is good. It's just that there's so many other problems in that episode that I can't. It's not redeemed at all. And those are the kind of episodes that I think you should talk about and discuss and break down, even though they're horrible. Yeah, I can see that. Um, there's definitely uh, a, a, a valid reason to discuss things which are bad, you know, and, and stuff like that. I don't know. I guess my, my tendency is to talk about the good things because I usually don't get angry at movies which are bad i just dismiss them out of hand you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i do and i mean just in general it's always way more fun to talk about the good things especially if you're talking about something you love which we love star trek it's not going to be super fun to spend all of your time talking about all of the bad episodes you want to talk about the ones that you love deeply you know and that mm -hmm. makes total mm -hmm. sense to me and um so there's it, it it's not like there aren't great uh, great episodes in this season it's just some of the ones that are bad are truly truly bad for more than one reason. And any other episodes which you think are truly bad? Uh Turnabout Intruder. <laughs> I mean, can't avoid that one as much as I'd like to. People were waiting for me to watch Turnabout Intruder and I think it was because they were hoping for some sort of epic rant that I was going to do and just like, get angry and yell a lot, and it would be funny. But really what happened is I watched Turn It About Intruder, and I got really sad, basically, and just was like, yep, that episode was bad, and then went away. And <laughs> I think it was a very anticlimactic thing for a lot of people because they were expecting me to, to do, you know, my raw and ranting thing, but instead I just was like, oh, that's depressing. Okay, bye. Um, that, and I think it's, it's similar to what I was talking about, how Native American portrayals are still a problem. This idea that women are too emotional to be leaders is still a problem. I mean, you only have to look at American presidential politics to see that. And it's just, it's depressing. And the, the message of that episode is depressing, which is basically, I guess that, <sighs> Women be crazy. Yeah, I mean, you could break it down like that, but it's more than that. It's like women should be happy with what they're given by society, and if they try and reach for more, they'll go crazy. And 
take over a job that they're not suited for, do it terribly, and then, you know, uh, just, I can't, even with that episode, it's really bad. Yeah. It's just a really terrible message, and it's a message that does not fit with Star Trek at all. It's yeah. it's very much, this is not a Star Trek episode to me. It's a episode that has our characters in it. <laughs> you know, it's not Star Trek, because Star Trek, the whole point of Star Trek is that we have reached a point in human society where we have found equality. And then in yeah. this episode, out of nowhere, they they say that women can't be captains. What? I mean, the very first pilot episode that they were trying to get bought had a, a female first officer. What would have happened if, you know, she became captain? I mean, how many times does Spock have to take over command? It it just, yeah. it's, it doesn't fit. And the the message of that episode does not fit with the message of Star Trek. And it's very disturbing. Yeah, it is. It is strange. You know, I mean, I think it, it kind of speaks to, I mean, like creatively speaking, it kind of speaks to the nature of, of television back then, too, in that you didn't have necessarily like the same team of people who were there from beginning to end. Yeah, like you know, a showrunner. Right. You know, I mean, you had like a head writer or whatever and all that stuff, but it was really a bunch of freelance stuff and and it, it did become sort of um, like an anthology for uh, for a good majority of, of the time. And especially with season three where your creator, you know, checks out, then... <laughs> yeah, and I know. mean, I'm not going to say that Gene Roddenberry is perfect. He had his issues with women. But yes. on the whole, I think he was trying to do better. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes his his natural tendency and the way he was thinking and the way society was around him got in the way of that. But I think him putting a female first officer in his pilot shows that he was actively trying to do better. He was looking forward to this kind of society in which these things didn't matter anymore but sadly you know he's still living and working and thinking in a society where those things did matter so you know you get this kind of issue where he's trying to look forward but he is still sometimes stuck in the past but there is no way gene roddenberry would have written this episode mm -hmm. yeah he had issues with women but they were not this this is yeah. a whole nother level so what about the ones that you did like yay <laughs> <laughs> okay, so number one, one of my favorite episodes of the entire series is in this season, and it's the Enterprise incident, which is, uh, if people do not remember, the one with the Romulan commander, um, and Kirk starts out the episode seeming like he's gone bananas um, and just wanders into the neutral zone and gets captured by Romulans, and then it turns out that it's all part of his dastardly plan to do, like, basically... <laughs> Um, espionage and steal Romulan tech and wander away and the whole time Spock is um, basically keeping this Romulan commander uh, uh, focused on him while Kirk is running around the ship and stealing her tech and I love this episode first of all I like the episode itself like the plot like it holds up it's basically Ocean's Eleven in space is how I put it it's great because we as an audience don't know what's coming and we don't know why Kirk is doing this stuff and his plan is revealed bit by bit, which I always think is, if it's done well, a really fun plot device. 
And then secondly, we have a female Romulan commander that is badass, awesome, beautiful, smart, strong female leader, which at this point I was super excited to see. Um, (laughs) And she is one of my favorite characters ever. And uh, the chemistry between her and Spock is really, really fun and sexy and I just love this episode from top to bottom. The only criticism I have of it is it would be nice if they didn't have a woman leader that is tricked by her womanly feelings for Spock, basically. Um, I don't think they really needed to take out the romance, which apparently DC Fontana wrote this and then they put in the romance and she hated it. Hmm. And she was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why would this woman trust Spock at all? Uh, And I, I get that criticism and I agree with it. To a point, except for the fact that that actress and Leonard Nimoy, Joanna Linville, I think her name is, were just electric together. And I would have loved to keep that and then just have her not be fooled, I guess, in the same way. And have her just be a lot more competent. Because if you make your antagonist super, super competent, then it makes your heroes look a million times awesomer when they foil them. So that's about my only criticism. Otherwise, I love this episode to death. All right. I mean, that's that's a a fan favorite for sure. I think that most people uh, put that on their on their top three lists. You know, if if they make them. But what 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 else is is good in season three? Oh man, see, I was looking through this, and this when I was looking through the episodes, this is when I really realized that season three is the weakest because almost all of other than the Enterprise incident, none of them really jump out at me as particularly really really good. So when I was thinking, okay, what are my favorite episodes? That one, and then I'm like, hmm? Um, <laughs> I would say the Tholian web is good. Um, yeah. And mostly because I really, as usual, I love M- McCoy versus Spock always. Um, I think it brings out the best in both of those characters, and um, that's a really good one for them. And... Whom Gods Destroy, I really liked right up until they throw Marta into the death fog. So, Whom Gods Destroy is an episode where Kirk and Spock go to, like, this insane asylum planet. Which, by the way, is the worst insane asylum ever. Like, (laughs) I'm looking at this, I'm like, what century is this? 23rd? And they... Right. And they have an insane asylum that's even worse than, like, Bedlam. Uh, I don't even, like, they put them on this horrible planet and lock them up. And I'm like, uh, guys, <laughs> let's not treat our mentally ill like this. But it's still a fun episode because, m- mainly because um, of the acting and just the kind of, you have Lord Garth, who's basically <laughs> swanning around being silly in a fur cape and just being really, really over the top maniacal and it makes me laugh. And then they have this character, Marta, who is so awesome. Um, and I mean, she's green and she's gorgeous and she's tricky and she's destructive. And there's this awesome scene where she's like, they have this kind of dinner party scene where Kirk and Spock are like, this is the worst dinner party ever. And then Garth is like, Marta, dance. And she dances, and it's a really good dance. But then she also starts quoting Shakespeare and saying that she wrote it. 
<laughs> I love that. She's just like, no, no, I wrote it yesterday. <laughs> like, okay, sure you did, Marta. And I just really dug her just entirely. And then, you know, she almost stabs Kirk, which is fun. All of this is good stuff. And then they just throw her out into the death fog and she dies horribly. And that made me extremely angry. So angry that I kind of watched the end of the episode, but I basically spent the rest of the end, the like last five, six minutes just going, that sucked. Why did they kill Marta? Where's Marta? I want Marta back. <sighs> so, I mean, I, here's my question. Were you mad about her dying because you liked the character so much? Or did you think that, dramatically speaking, it was problematic? Both. Okay, so they have a woman that can't be controlled. And they throw her into the fog to upset Kirk. That is, there's two really problematic things there because you have, it's a really common trope where you have, you know, especially extremely sexual women being killed. And it's supposed to be like their punishment or whatever. And Marta is pretty hypersexual. The other thing is, is she's fridged. So mm -hmm. I don't know how familiar y'all are with the concept of fridging, uh, but it's basically a concept uh, that Gail Simone, who's an awesome comic book writer, came up with. Well, not came up with. She noticed this happening over and over again, and she named it. Basically, where uh, and this was specifically for comics, but it applies basically to all media, where a lot of a lot of women in comic book stories were being killed or victimized as a way to motivate male characters. You know, as a way to move the character, the male character's story forward, usually as revenge. So this is a a, a classic example of that. Um, so Kirk has started to become fond of Marta, and Garth is basically killing her just to manipulate Kirk and just to bother Kirk. So basically, she becomes not a person, just a plot device, and that really makes me angry. And then also, come on, they get saved minutes later. And then the worst part about it is that Garth can't be punished for it because he's mentally ill. And then they cure him, which you can't see my quotation marks there. <laughs> but being able to just like, I don't know, scan someone and cure their mental illness doesn't quite track for me, but okay. So they cure him. And then what are they going to do? Throw him in jail for a uh, a murder he committed while he was... Criminally insane? No. So she just never gets any justice. She just yeah. dies. Hmm. Yeah. So I liked that that episode a lot right up until that point, and then I got angry. Okay. Yeah, it was it was really telling to me. Like my, I was trying to explain to my dad uh, the fan film Axanar and how it it stars Garth before he goes insane, and I was just like, you remember that episode, Whom Gods Destroy? He's like. That's the one where that guy throws that green woman outside and explode, and she explodes. It's like, I'd never really, that was never really the standout part of that episode to me. But, but it did to my dad, and it does to you, and now that's all I can think about. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the episode is really quite fun. I, I mean, I could start getting really upset about the portrayal of mental illness, but I, I mean, it's pl played so silly. It also doesn't fit with the tone of that episode. Most of that episode is funny. I mean, you've got the 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 dude insisting on being called Lord 
Garth and Spock and Kirk being like, Meh, okay, dude. Um, and then <laughs> you have the rest of these people that are, you know, that Andorian is wearing like red glitter. I don't even remember. The costumes <laughs> are great. And it's just like a fun episode. You think it's just going to be one of those. And then this horrifying thing happens. Well, it was horrifying to me. I don't know if it was horrifying to everyone else, but I was really upset. I did have a handful of people that tweeted me. One guy tweeted me and told me that he thinks that is the most unnecessary and graphic bit of violence in the original series, and he hates it. Um, and I was surprised, honestly, because I, to me, that's one of the thing, that's one of the story, story tropes that is used so off, often that people don't usually notice them. Even if they, you know, they, they care about stuff like this, it's just so common that you start to not notice. And it really takes, you know, training your brain to pick up on that kind of stuff. But he hated it, and I hate it, and it just makes me sad every time I think about it because she was such a cool character, and she deserved to live, and she deserved to get cured and have a happy life. So l looking at, at those three episodes, you know, I, I would say that uh, all three... Um, are episodes which people do tend to like, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, there it's it's hard to come up with like let's say the the common top three of of uh, season three, but but those three I'd say are all you know pretty high up. I don't I don't know about you, Drew, but to me there seems to be one key episode which we haven't talked about, which is very highly regarded from season three. Um, which seems to be missing from the discussion, and that's uh, I'm not missing it. Okay, no, I, I didn't know if there were any others that 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 you thought of, but I can think of one, and that's uh, let that be your last battlefield. Yeah, we normally put that on our top three, like top five. That to me is that's my Enterprise incident, <laughs> and that is the only one from season three where I'm like, that's really, really working well. That's the and, one with the the. The the dudes that have the half colored faces, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, what what is it about that episode that you dislike? It's not even really that I dislike it so much. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's good. I, I just it's boring to me. It's really, really, really boring. And I, I like the the theme that they were trying to tackle. Basically, the theme of that episode is racism is stupid. Yeah. Um, and they do it in a way where you can see how silly it is. Because that was the one moment when I was tweeting it where I was like, wait a second, their racism is which side of their face is white and which side of their face is black. And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, well, it's not it's not more irrational than our racism. Mm -hmm. But putting it that way makes it super clear just how stupid and dumb racism is in the first place so uh, on that level i'm with you and the acting was good they picked some some good actors for these these two dudes and like their obsession with each other came through really well but for the rest of the episode i was just basically like okay bored now especially there's this really great moment <laughs> where um they're running and like the walls are like swaying and Spock is just basically narrating what they're doing. <laughs> that made me laugh. That made me laugh a lot. But the rest of the episode, I was just basically like, okay. So it's not that I think it's, it's really terrible. I just, it didn't 
stand out to me, I guess. I mean, if if I'm not mistaken, I think the reason for that was because of um, some sort of issue with there being a lack of, of, of footage for this episode, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's they, it. They needed to kind of draw out some of the stuff in order to fill out the 50 minutes or whatever. That yeah, they, had they, they felt time. like they wrote a really good episode, but then they were like, oh, it's like Too 20 minutes long. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I could see that for sure. So that would explain but, then why it's so slow. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, to be completely fair, I'm not gonna be like, "Yo, dude, let's put on, let that be your last battlefield." <laughs> that episode is the bomb. It's just that you know, like when I'm looking at the list of season three episodes, I'm like, "Well, that one was solid," you know. Yeah, to me, it's one of the many on 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 this season that I'm looking at that weren't bad so much as to me they weren't very memorable some of those were uh, some of other ones of those is like the cloud minders Mm -hmm. that one i think is is fairly well crafted it's just for me not a standout um and in in any other season it probably just would have been one of those episodes that you watch and then move on to the next one and it's just because the general quality is lower in this season that it even comes up and then like I mean, a lot of these are really just decent, but not great. That which survives is fine. You know, that's basically how I feel about most of this season is like, I look at it and I'm like, I didn't really have a huge problem with them. But if I had to go back and be like, oh, I'm going to do a Star Trek original series rewatch. I'm going to watch the Enterprise incident and maybe some of these others and I'm going to skip the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I don't think that they, they're particularly standout episodes. There are some fun moments in some of them. Uh, when, uh, what's it called? The Savage Curtain. When Abraham Lincoln comes out of nowhere to be in space (laughs) and be like, hi, Captain Kirk. That is pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Now like that, well, I will remember my reaction to that forever. I'm like. Hi, Lincoln. <laughs> Where did you come from? Um, and then some of the... I actually kind of dig the the way to Eden, which I, I got the impression when I was tweeting that most people really hate that episode. But, I mean, that guy was, you know, jamming on his space sitar and, like, wandering around, and they were all wearing the most ludicrous costumes. And to me, that's pretty fun. It's not like it's a great episode, but it's at least like I'll remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's a lot of those. Okay. So now you've finished the entire original series. You haven't watched the animated series and you haven't watched the movies yet. So maybe we're jumping the gun here. But (laughs) of the original 80, you're done with them. And uh, what are your overall thoughts of Star Trek, the original series? What and how, and how do they differ from what you assumed they would be going into this whole thing? I see why it is classic. I think that generally most of these episodes are decent, but then there are some of these episodes that I think are among the best science fiction episodes of television ever. So I certainly understand why this show was so beloved and why the fans pushed it through to become this cultural phenomenon, 
And the seeds of all of that is in this series. So Arena and Mirror Mirror and Trouble with Tribbles and like all of these just amazing episodes, I can absolutely see why, you know, those episodes are remembered and some of these other terrible episodes are like, whatever, forgotten. And we can just really be impressed with when they did it right, they did it right, you know? So overall, I loved the original series. There were some episodes that were extremely hard for me to watch, and it took me longer than I would have liked to, you know, get momentum in my watching it. But when I look back on it, the thing that I remember most is how much I love this crew. I mean, every single one of them. And it's amazing to me that they were able to put together these characters that'll just, like, live forever. That's a really rare and amazing thing. And, like, Kirk and Spock and McCoy and their relationships especially. And then even even the side characters, like, they don't even give Uhura much to do. But just something about the way it all came together. I love all of those characters and I could watch them for a long time. And I certainly understand why people love them and why they have stood the test of time. Cool. And did I expect that to happen? Yes. I would say that the original series lived up to my expectations. There were a handful of things that a little surprised me a little bit, mostly that I thought, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because I'm I'm used to William Shatner as he is now, (laughs) or just that I had gotten the impression kind of of Kirk as this like womanizing bro. But I was a little surprised at how much I love Kirk. And how hot I think he is, because I just I had gotten this impression from I don't know the cultural I don't even know how to put that from I had gotten this idea uh, from people that he was less thoughtful than he was, um, and so when I went actually went in and watched it, and I think he's a great character, and I really I really love him, and I really love how much he cares about his crew and his love for the Enterprise, and he's just great. And that was a little bit surprising to me. I don't. I don't think I thought I would hate him. I just figured he'd be. I don't know. The swaggering bro is the only term I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't. He wasn't that at all. Yeah, he has a certain um, image, you know, which is is sort of like a, a caricature of of who the character actually is. And I mean, the same is true for William Shatner. And you know, time has sort of uh, reinforced that that caricature but when you go back and you watch what was going on back then you know it's it's a little different so and it's not that kirk doesn't have plenty of uh, you know women at warp we do a whole we're doing we did a whole episode on kirk's love interests because there are so so many and but i don't think that kirk is a womanizer i think he likes women and i think that they're drawn to him and i think he has lots of romantic episodes but the character of kirk i don't think is like a trying to i don't think he's thoughtless when it comes to his romantic relationships if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um and that makes all the difference to me it's it's not like he's he's going into it wanting to seduce everyone and then just leave them behind that's not how it is at all and intention matters all all the more for that kind of stuff and does he have a lot of ladies that he makes out with? Sure. But I, I don't I don't think that he deserves the kind of reputation he does for being 
being sexist, basically. Actually, to be honest, Spock gets way more lines in which he is actively sexist than Kirk does. <laughs> and, and Spock treats it as, like, scientifically proven that women are illogical and inferior. And <laughs> that is way more disturbing. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to say I don't love Spock, too, because and that's probably why it hurts me so much, because I love Spock so much. And then he'll open his mouth and and say something terrible. And I'm just like, no. And then I try and pretend it didn't happen and move on. <laughs> so I, I would ask you what you were expecting from the movies, but you're already halfway through those spoilers. So so we'll hold off on that for the time being. But uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Drew and I are in agreement that we're very much looking forward to hearing what you have to say about those uh, yeah. when the time comes. I so. mean, because as much as I've like focused on the series now, I mean, there's a reason that you and I talk about the movies so often mm -hmm. when we talk about characters and stuff is because the movies have the arcs and the character development and stuff that the that the show really just couldn't get into. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think it's the opposite, actually, of what uh, it is like today. Today, the most arced and character-driven stories are on television. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in in this time period, it was very much episode by episode because there was no way to rewatch them. So you yeah. needed to mm -hmm. have standalone stories every single time. So you needed them to stay fairly static. You you wanted you wanted every episode to be something that you could watch without knowing very much about the show. Um, whereas the movies by then it was very clear that uh, people were really into these characters and they got to actually move the dial on some of them and have them have growth, which was nice. Yeah. So um, just just so that we know, I mean, and I know you've already seen Star Trek Nine, but. Are you planning on, uh, before you move on to Deep Space Nine, are you also going to watch the two JJ-verse movies? Yes. Um, okay. I, I actually uh, am now thinking that I should have waited to watch the 2009 one. Yeah. I, really, it was just like I wanted to watch it. <laughs> yeah. There was no logical reason for me to it's watch it when I that. watched it. I just, I had kind of had the impression that now that I knew who the characters were, that I could watch it now, but now I'm realizing there was a lot of stuff in that movie that I should have waited for. The Kobayashi Maru comes to mind. Mm -hmm. So I am going to wait until I'm totally done with all of the original series before I watch Into Darkness, but I will watch That's it before idea. I watch Deep Space Nine, yes. Cool. Then, yeah, after you're done with Into Darkness, then we can have you back on to talk about all eight of the movies. <laughs> so that'll be Yep. Okay. That'll be cool. I can tell you right now that um I don't think 2009 is better than the original series the original movies. Okay, well, spoilers. We'll we'll hold <laughs> off on that. And uh and yeah. <laughs> we'll see what you think once you've seen all six. So Well, thank you very much for coming on. We really appreciate it as always. Yeah. Um it's very very fun. And uh, I know our listeners appreciate it as well. They always like hearing what you have to say because, you know, just like us, they're all Star Trek fans who have been there since, you know, day one or birth or whatever. And it's nice to get a, a fresh perspective on something which everyone else has just sort of been living with for their entire lives, you know. Yeah, and I mean, as I move forward, um, it, it's kind of interesting to kind of catch up with everybody, and it's starting to get to the point where I understand a great, a great deal of the 
kind of trekky culture. Um, yeah. So it's interesting to me to think about when I started the next generation, how I basically all, I started the next generation. The only thing I knew about it was that Will Ween wore bad sweaters. That was basically the only thing I knew. <laughs> and now I thinking about how immersed I've gotten into this world. I just I just finished my first novel, for instance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Women at Warp were doing a book club. So we picked uh, Uhura's song as our first novel, and I just finished that. So I've, I've started reading the books, and I, I, I mean, I never, ever, ever thought that anybody would care that I was doing this. I basically was doing it for myself, and I honestly, even when I did that, I did it on a whim, and I was like, well, I'll do this for a while, and then I'll get bored, and it'll be over. And then people responded to it in such a way that it just started getting bigger. And then you guys were the first people that were like, hey, come talk about Star Trek with us. And it just grew into this big thing. And I can't believe it when I look back. And I'm doing my archive project now for Tumblr. So I started looking back on my old tweets and I was like, whoa, it's just really strange to look back a couple of years and see where I actually was where I didn't know anything like Sark was boxed out. <laughs> Like now that me I almost pointed that out to you in Star Trek. 3. I know. And now that's <laughs> so almost... amazing to me that I didn't know that. But I really didn't. So <laughs> I mean, it yeah. just it feels like I've been on this journey and there's still so much to go. It's exciting because yeah. I've got Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise and as you pointed out, the animated series. I've still got all of that to go. And now turns out that there are novels that I like. Because I really liked Uhura's song. It's great. So I can like start reading the books. And there's just so much more Star Trek for me to first time Trek. And I'm looking forward to it immensely. Yeah. If if you'll allow me to, to uh, cross genre. Not really genre. But uh, you've taken your first step into a larger world. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And now that you've seen all these things, you can come on anytime you want and talk about whatever you want. Just not Ooh. watching things for the first time. We <laughs> That's don't have to true. Worry about spoiling them for you, except for the animated series. Oh no, got to watch that. But Drew Spoilers, needs to watch it too. It's terrible. Hey, animated series, first Star Trek show run by a woman. Oh, there cool. I am reading These Are the Voyages now, so I'm starting to get more of an understanding of the backstory of a lot of this stuff, whereas before I just was like, I kind of vaguely knew who Gene Roddenberry was, and I kind of vaguely knew that DC Fontana was a person, but like the the behind-the-scenes stuff, I was very, very, even more than I was of the actual show, no idea. So um, that has been really interesting uh, starting those books up and I'm about halfway through that book the first season book so yeah I'm starting yeah, to learn like cool. the kind of behind the scenes like who was helpful and who was not <laughs> <laughs> yes for sure yeah well cool well thanks again we really appreciate it and uh, yeah get through those movies so that you can come back I will mm -hmm. don't worry I'm probably going to be watching the fourth and fifth one today so Excellent. Excellent. Can't wait. <laughs> so uh, where can people read this later today, <laughs> I guess, in the future for them, in the past? <laughs> you can follow my live tweeting on Twitter, surprisingly. Wait. I know. It's shocking. Um, at First Time Track is my Twitter handle. And right now I've got a nice picture of Admiral Kirk 
So that's that's where I am. And then you can also, if you're interested in going back and reading my Next Generation tweets, that's on firsttimetrek.tumblr.com. And I've been really, really trying to get myself to be good and actually do that so it, it'll come up every day. Um, so, so far, the last couple of weeks, you've been getting a new post of uh, a, a TNG episode with all my tweets collected. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out there. Excellent. Oh, Excellent. and also I am a quarter of the Women at Warp, which you can find us at uh, womenatwarp.com. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again, Andy. And uh, yeah, come come back soon. Don't worry. I'll bother Drew until he lets me back on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's fun talking to Andy today about season three, but that's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. Set this movie at the end of the five-year mission. Skip ahead five years, you know, kind of like Dark Knight or whatever, and then Mm -hmm. say, okay, we've had all these adventures, blah, 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 and now we're at the end. We're about to go home, you know, and it's been, you know, a fun time was had by all. Earl Grey. Again, you know, because it's January, my ship was shot beyond the bounds of normal interstellar travel (laughs) to the center of the galaxy, but we were back in time for tea. The orb. They're they're not even thinking about it at this point. Okay, how do we start the resistance? How do we do all this? Because they have become comfortable with where they are and thinking that they're doing all they can, and yet we know, as the audience... That they're not. To the journey! I want you to say right now in front of our our friends, okay? And in front of me and the Lord Almighty, (laughs) what is your favorite season? Okay, this isn't the favorite season. I want you to tell me what your favorite (laughs) season is. (laughs) Daniel, Daniel and Darren, promise we won't ever be like this. The Ready Room. So what's the deal? You know, does Tom have a dad we don't know about? Apparently. Because who was, was this guy that he was remembering yeah, as his know, dad? Was that Nick Lacarno's dad? <laughs> that was Nick Lacarno's dad, yes. Commentary, Trek stars. But I mean, here's the question, John. If, if you're living Fight Club, then, you know, we have to ask, if you could fight anyone, who would you fight? William Shatner. All right. Literary Treks. The main storyline here is the battle for the Vulcan soul. They are one of the most logical races, and yet they have an intensely spiritual aspect to them. Axanar, the official podcast. You were there. Mm. How long did we wait for them to try and reach that phone? Oh, minute? man, it was, it, was, it was at least as long as the Enterprise penetrating V'ger's <laughs> outer shield to getting into the actual machine core. The 602 Club. So, as far as the realism question is concerned... Um, when, whether or not it's the right thing to do, it's the Marvel way to do it. I mean, I think that's the that's the defining difference between Marvel and DC. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or you can just stream from the website. You can visit Trek.fm/podcast to get all the links.
Well, let's tell everybody where they can contact us if they'd like to share their thoughts in today's show. Just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose send a show and choose standard orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab in the left-hand column of any page to send us a voicemail. You can use your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and our other listeners or our Facebook group, The Babel Conference. In social media, you'll find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trek.fm. And on Twitter, under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit? Uh, you can find me right here on Trek FM doing commentary Trek Stars with John and Max, and you can also find me on commentarytrackstars.com uh, doing off-topic and commentary Trek Star Babies uh, when I can. Uh, latest episode, uh, well, maybe not at this point, but the latest episode has you on it. Yay! Talking about Star Wars and stuff. And Star Trek, too. Star Trek, because why not? Uh, uh, my friend called it a bonus episode. Of Standard Orbit. There you go. There you go. You can also find me on uh, Twitter at Mumbles3K. You can find me on Twitter at 005, D-O-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E, and on various other places around the internet under that username. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week, and our sponsor for the show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of those famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive and Federation, Audible is something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? I have Star Trek Sarek, which was written by A.C. Crispin. It's narrated by Nick Sullivan. It's unabridged. They say, Spock's mother, Amanda Grayson, is dying. She's fallen off of a cliff. And Spock returns to the planet Vulcan, where he and Sarek enjoy a rare moment of reproachment. But just as his wife's illness grows worse, duty calls Sarek away, once again sowing the seeds of conflict between father and son. Yet soon, Sarek and Spock must put aside their differences and work together to foil a far-reaching plot to destroy the Federation, a plot that Sarek has seen in the making for nearly his entire career. The crew of the USS Enterprise journeys to the heart of the Klingon Empire, where Captain Kirk's last surviving relative has become a pawn in a battle to divide and conquer the Federation. With Sarek's help, the crew of the Starship Enterprise learns that all is not as it seems, but before they can prevent the Federation's destruction, they must see the face of their hidden enemy, an enemy more insidious, and more dangerous than any they have faced before. And you can get this book for free since you listen to Standard Orbit. That's right. As a listener to Standard Orbit and Trek FM, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trek.fm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek.fm. We'd also like to thank Richard Rutledge Jr. for being our patron on Patreon. He's also listed as our associate producer. You can find him on Twitter at RUT8972. Yes, thank you very much. And if you want to join him in keeping us in orbit... You can support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trek.fm, you'll find a list of donation levels where you can get things like exclusive digital goodies, early access to episodes, access to our project manager, and even be listed as an associate producer. 
You'll find out where the donations can go, things like covering the monthly cost of hosting and distribution, hiring an editor for our shows, and upgrading our equipment. Again, that's patreon.com slash trek.fm, so check it out. Well, that was our, our turnabout intruder. Andy and I did not swap bodies, as, as I was afraid was going to happen, but... No, it's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although then you would have been in Chicago, so that would have been cool. Yeah. We could have, like, you know, gone out for lunch or something. <laughs> Next time. Next time. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landry. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit ahead. Walk factor one. Hi, sir.